everybody, and welcome to Askler for October 2021. I'm here with Ben and Corey. Yo. And uh, we are going to be asking or answering the questions that you asked. <laughs> no, we asked the questions. We asked the, and, <laughs> and then we just wait here. Quiet. Yeah, yeah. We're that's like, why it's right. called Askler. Yeah. <laughs> why aren't you answering? I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, we will answer some questions that have been asked to us by the uh, wonderful people who have uh, joined up on YouTube as members. Uh, so that is where these questions come from. Um, and of course, uh, though although the questions are coming from YouTube members, of course everything we do is brought to you by uh, the Patreon, <laughs> Twitch subs, YouTube membership, all that many different places that you support us. Thank you all very much. Uh, so, yeah, let's go on for uh, the first question here, which is from Danielle Jet Pixie. Uh, Hi, it is pumpkin ale season, and I'm stoked. Uh, what, if any, are your favorite beer styles, brands, or seasons? Mmm. I feel Corey's really like well suited on this. I know, I know you know your beers. <laughs> so it's actually pumpkin ale, and specifically, it's the Phillips Brewing like limited run that they do each year of their pumpkin ale. So there's Crooked Tooth, which is the pumpkin ale, and then they have a barrel aged version, which is called Crookeder Tooth, and that's like a yearly Cro treat. <laughs> Crooked Crookeder Tooth. Yeah. Nice. It's a little crookeder. Yeah, <laughs> than your regular too. It's it's interesting. Uh, I've discovered I actually have to be really careful about beers that I drink now uh, because I've discovered that uh, at least in in BC and I mean maybe it's like a Pacific Northwest thing because I get the same thing when I go to Seattle. Um, a lot of them like to do like the very unfiltered kind of uh beers and stuff like that uh and it actually i have a mild allergy to it and it actually like causes my lips to get like hives and stuff on them, which is like not the most fun feeling in the world all um, right no hazy beverages what? for you yeah yeah I, I don't i don't know like what in it specifically that just does it i just noticed semi-recently that it's uh it's, it's like it's yeah, been happening a lot what are they filtering out it's interesting yeah, yeah. I, I don't know um, so like, I tend to, I, I don't know, like I, I've become less of a beer person lately. Uh, but realistically, uh, any, like, I mean, Corey just said, like anything from Phillips is, is kind of my jam. Um, in town, there is, uh, a beer, uh, that's just like super duper easy to drink, which I like called the gin and lime Pilsner. Um, and, uh, it's just, it's just nice. I've, I've discovered, I'm slowly moving into more like hard liquor and stuff more and more often. Um, and, and gin is just like my go-to thing. So any, anything with gin infused has, has very, very much become my jam. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I'm not a drinker, but, uh, I do, I do enjoy the, uh, the rest of Phillips, uh, the, you know, the Phillips has gone into, uh, doing, sodas and stuff and they are yeah they're really good very high quality very nice sodas it's like jones without the pretentious art hipster <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Although and... Phillips has a little bit of a wacky circus vibe. So. Yes, very much so. <laughs> there might but be clowns. They, but they, no in hipsters, their defense, but clowns. In their defense, they have to fight up against uh, Fuggles and Warlock, who oh. like go whose beer is tremendously okay, but like their their label game is off the chain. They'll just put on like anime characters and stuff onto their labels. <laughs> Fuggles and Warlock. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 like establishing yourself in the market with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, they like I said, they 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 win very much on the like. I don't know what I want to drink. This has Sasuke from Naruto on it. I'll pick that one up. That sounds pretty good. And then it is okay. <laughs> so like our plan worked perfectly. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, all right. Next question uh, from Joe Mitchell. If you could go to any U.S. state that you haven't been to before, which would you go to? And I guess a colliery, if you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go? What food would you absolutely try? That's like four questions in a row, but sort of related. I think if, because uh, it's really cool. Like I've, I've had the, the opportunity now with like PAXs and the various cons and stuff that we do. And like now... Uh, like magic or uh, magic fests and stuff to go into a lot of places in the states, which is really cool. But I haven't gotten. Uh, I really want to go to like like Maine or somewhere that's like way out on the on the coast uh, that's yeah. like really known for like their seafood mm. and stuff like that. Because uh, I'm a big seafood guy, and shockingly, Victoria is like not big seafood despite the fact that we live on an island. It's really weird. Like there's like maybe n-ok like sushi place in town but like eh like i yeah like, we, there's there, yeah there's, like, we don't have I a don't, big like it's we don't have a big like fishing industry in in no Victoria, no we're touristy yeah it's, yeah. It's, yeah so many like uh canadian irish pubs and stuff <laughs> like lining like the tourist areas and stuff but like there's I, I imagine i cannot remember the name of it but there's like a there's a, a fish and chips place on the docks uh, that everybody goes one fish, to. two fish. Yeah, yeah, the, those kind of ones. So there's like not a lot. They're they're all kind of centralized in there, and they're always packed. Like they have like lines going forever, and that leads me to believe maybe it's location, but also because there's not that many great places to go for like fish and chips. So I would love to go somewhere over like onto the coast uh, of the states, you know, and, and try like you know the Maine lobster, chowder, and stuff like that. yeah, the chowders, and have like the lobster on a bun. Like it just looks super tasty. Ooh. Yeah, I could definitely get behind. It's because it's it's weird, like, like you say, like I've been to you know lots of conventions and stuff in different parts of the country, um, or different parts of the states. But it's like, I don't know if that really almost counts as going to that state because it's like the convention center looks basically the same no matter <laughs> where yeah, you are. <laughs> if you're running out for food, you're going to like Subway or something yeah. like that, so you can quickly eat. <laughs> Um, but my, uh, uh, my brother's currently living in Boston and, uh, he, uh, he often tells me about some of the, uh, beautiful stuff there and just, it's just kind of interesting, like, you know, living on the West coast, we're very, you know, there's lots of wonderful, beautiful forests and everything around here. And there's also wonderful, beautiful forests out on the East coast, but it's like a completely different kind of forest and a different kind of uh, outdoors, which is just, I think that that's just kind of a neat, a neat experience. So I definitely like to check that out at some point. 
yeah, as far as conventions go, I've never been to New York. Really want to visit the Big Apple. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, food, I I could really go for a po' boy. Like, we we don't have them here. Yeah. Yeah, there there was a place uh, in Edmonton. Daddios, yeah, Daddios, and they were pretty good for it. But I'd like to get like, yeah, I feel uh, like the authentic kind of thing. Yeah, is there actually? I mean, this isn't a question from the thing, but I'm actually curious because, of course, both of you are. Uh, is there is there like some like particular foods that you miss from being uh, from from Alberta? <laughs> Chinese food. <laughs> yeah, BC, BC and Alberta Chinese food is different. Although I was a kid in BC, so I grew up with like the BC thing and then had to convert to like the sproutless, hard yeah. chow mein lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like uh, in, Al- uh, uh, or at least like in Edmonton, I imagine in like greater Alberta too, uh, green onion cakes are like yes. the big thing, which is, I think, elsewhere they're kind of called like scallion pancakes yeah um but it's just like ev- like green onion cakes are like the first thing on like every appetizer menu at, at like every chinese food place in edmonton and like it's like a staple out there i love the idea that you could have you know british Columbian chinese food <laughs> and albertan chinese food it's 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 significantly <laughs> it's, different it's yeah. really 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 interesting uh I mean, what about what about uh, inter international, intercontinentally, uh, other places in the world? Is there any places that? I mean, uh, California has the best burritos on the planet. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't think I've been to California so either. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just want to. I, I want to just like tootle down to San Diego right now for for a quick one. You know, <laughs> skip over the hop over the the, the river. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I read a great short story one time about it was just like this this ridiculous article. It was about like what life was like before we had the great uh, uh, west to east coast uh, burrito um, pressurized you know center thing that could that could uh, transfer burritos from the west coast to the east coast. It was such a terrible world that we lived in. The yeah. vacuum tube system. Yeah, well, we couldn't use the vacuum tubes to, to send burritos back and forth. And the the two other things I'd say from Edmonton that I miss are uh, Edmonton has a, like a million donair places. That's like one of like the the big things that they've kind of got like on every corner mm. um, is you can mm. always find like a late night donair for which is like and the cool again, thing there. I believe Edmund the 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 donair sauce in yes. Edmonton is a different sauce, isn't it? It's like a sweet sauce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's quite good. Um, and then the other one is a specific place in Edmonton uh, that I went to a lot as a youth who would go out drinking on White Avenue. Um, there's a place called Steel Wheels, and it's got the weirdest gimmick. It's like it opens at like 9 p.m. or like 7 p.m. and right. stays open till like 5 a.m. And their whole demographic is people who are hungry and drunk and <laughs> it's just off the avenue uh and they just do like personal sized uh pizzas and stuff and like their main one is a bulgogi pizza uh and it's really 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 good um oh. and the gimmick that they have is you can write on the wall so the entire all the walls are completely covered in like graffiti and like pictures and stuff like that it was it was a very like 
hip you know youth in early <laughs> 20s kind of place like that, that that i really enjoyed that there nice. I, I like this question has really turned in more of like a where should i go in alberta <laughs> if i want good food yeah. but that's also a good question there you go if you visit alberta yeah. <laughs> just go to edmonton yeah yeah <laughs> And then leave and go to Calgary. <laughs> no! I'm, okay, Calgary's got, like, one good Korean or Vietnamese place. Okay. Like, that's it. Like, yeah, you get I, a really good banh mi, but that's, that's about good. it. That's good. Yeah, I used to live on top of a banh mi, uh, or I lived on top of a cupcake store that was beside a, a banh mi place, and my mornings was fresh baked bread and, and as, cupcakes every as, morning. It's like that's That's got to be like right up there in terms of like ideal look. It's like what what in what situation do you not feel like a banh mi and also not feel like a cup? Like I feel yeah. like <laughs> one, it one, fills one, yeah, of the, one or the, the other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alright, well let's let, let's move on to uh, next question. From Bruce Clark, uh, oh, for for Paul as sea captain, uh, I know what it's uh, I know what it's like to be essentially dad for a group of supposed adults. <laughs> Do you feel the need to your silly to be curtailed as Laird has swelled to the Omnicorp and has become? Uh, I I don't think so. I mean, obviously, we're still a very silly group. Uh, I mean, obviously, there 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 is a bit of a a separation, I guess. Where it's like, okay, this is, you know, this particular meeting or conversation has to be, you know, serious. We're talking about money or, 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 uh, uh, contracts or something like this. You still throw in jokes though. This is, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but it's still, there is still definitely a, uh, uh, you know, you do, uh, it's silly and stuff. Um, although, <laughs> I mean, just one, one of the random things about being, the like the sort of boss thing is i remember when we were doing we were doing that whatever that game was uh where you uh you know you answer the, the questions uh, come up you tbh tbh yeah right there's that and it was like you know there's questions like you know you uh you poop on your boss's desk poop on your boss's <laughs> desk you find porn on your boss's computer what do you do or uh, do you tell him about it or, or whatever and uh <laughs> And, you know, I was like, oh, that's a funny question and stuff. And it didn't occur to me when I was looking at the questions that when we'd actually be playing it on the stream, people would be like, poop on Paul's desk. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait a yeah. minute. <laughs> that's me. I'm the boss. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, um, I feel like, too, that, like, you also have that ability uh, with being a lot like the straight man in a lot of scenarios uh, in conversations, right? Like to completely catch people off guard with just like a well-timed <laughs> joke or something. I think it was like maybe now we were we were in this office, so I guess it would have been uh, I would have been here for me. That would have been like my second year here, um, and like we were filming a live bit or something like that, and somebody was talking about like somebody named like. I don't know, like Jesse or like Paul or like Dave or something. And we're just having this like conversation. And out of nowhere, you're just like sitting looking on your phone on the couch and you were just like, man, F James or whatever. Or like whoever we <laughs> yeah. were talking about. It's like, you didn't, we did like, I didn't even know who you were talking. You're just like out of nowhere. We're just like, screw that guy. It's like, whoa. And I just like broke down. Like it was so out of nowhere. <laughs> 
<laughs> you get the element of surprise in those scenarios. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh but yeah, I feel I feel like it hasn't changed my my um the, the level of silliness too much. I mean, any more so than just general aging has, I guess. <laughs> We're getting <laughs> time, old. Time going by. Uh, you know, not that that has changed desire for like potty humor or whatever. We still joke about poop. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Let's, there's, we have a, a bunch of questions here from uh, Joe Mitchell. Uh, there's this one here in, so uh, in real life, if you were able to cast a single cantrip from Dungeons and Dragons, what would it be and why? Mm. I find the, this very interesting because it's like the cool spells in D&D that you want as a character in D&D are actually not that interesting and in, like shooting fireballs is like cool, but not that useful in like everyday life. Yeah. Oh, I think I would come up with a useful <laughs> fireball. We can figure it out. We yeah. Can, yeah. But like a lot of the uh a lot of the kind of uh, you know, nothing or or you know, very low level spells are like, you know, for instance, cantrip clean yourself whenever you want. Just <laughs> or just clean stuff. Mm -hmm. Mending is a lo super low level spell. Mending would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mage hand, you know, just I being was able to like mage hand. randomly pick up. <laughs> I remember it's limited to five pounds, though. But but like I remember, like just just like walking along the street, and like the, the you know the the light is about to change, and like how useful it would be to be able to like mage hand and push the button on the on the you know crosswalk. Uh, crosswalk. Yeah. <laughs> Is mage hand capacitive? Would it would it trigger the buttons? Hmm, interesting thought. I don't think. <laughs> I feel like yeah. that's not been really investigated. I feel like the the catch all one. I, I was trying to remember the name of it, uh, which is what I was typing in. Is, digitation. Uh, no, thaumaturgy. Oh. oh, well, yeah, okay, okay. Thaumaturgy is kind of like a catch all one because it's like you can make your voice louder, so you wouldn't need a microphone. Uh, you can cause flames to flicker, brighten, dim, or change color. Uh, yeah. You can cause harmless tremors in the ground. Like, uh, you you can make a sound from far away. Like yeah, like a lot of the cool things that in the real world we magician like stage magicians do are like cantrip level <laughs> things yeah. in D D. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just there's gotta be some sort of like like bit or or you know sketch where it's like a a, a well trained magician from real world goes into fantasy realm, you know, and it's like pick a card, any card, and then like they show it out. Is this your card? And they're like, yeah, you obviously just use this spell. Like who yeah. cares? <laughs> and they have like no no like way to make a living in that world. Oh no, <laughs> yeah, it takes away all the. Uh, I mean, I think they, they talk about that in, in uh, there's a thing that, like Zen, Z, Zatanna in like the Marvel or DC universe. Right. Mm -hmm. She talks about that, that she actually does like a ton of like sleight of hand and stage magic and stuff. But then she'll like do something totally 
bonkers at the mm-hmm. end with real magic just to totally blow people's minds. But yeah. she like she likes the skill involved in real in, in the actual like sleight of hand magic. Yeah. yeah, but like you press the digitations where it's at. Like you can make little lights or noises, heat up stuff, flavor your food, clean up small messes. Like just like like quality of life stuff. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can close and open doors from with far away with thaumaturgy. Yeah. yeah. Ah. Never again would I be, you know, I, it's getting lately, like, I like to be cold when I'm sleeping. Yep. So I'll keep a window open at night, but it's starting to actually get a little too cold. I want to get out mm. from under the blankets. So if I could just be like, Pacha! and like it closes, that'd be nice. I'd be into that. Because it, cause it, prestidigitation and thaumaturgy and stuff, they cover all the things that are like, make your character's life better, but don't actually have any real in-game effect. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's just like, it's like you make yourself, you know, a couple of degrees warmer. Mm-hmm. It's like not enough to stop you freezing in the cold, but just to make you more comfortable. Yeah. And really, yeah. that's what a lot of us would probably want. That's why you go <laughs> yes. to magic school. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it. do you plan on being a grand adventure? And it's like, no, I'm going to get a desk job. But yeah. now it's going to be significantly easier. Yeah, it's just nice. <laughs> I could staple things from far away. <laughs> change the toner while I'm working. <laughs> Don't even have to get up to get your prints from yeah. the copier. Yeah. Like, yeah, unseen. You have like unseen servant. It's like, who yeah. do you want me to kill? No, no, just get some stuff from the photocopier, will you? <laughs> it's like, we're getting into first level spells. I'm like, oh, we're done cantrips? Okay, uh, I drop out. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's uh, look at... So this is also from uh, from Joe Mitchell. Uh, how do you How do you deal with the feeling of being directionless in your life? now or in the past, getting into serious stuff here. I know appearances can be deceiving, but the people of Lur always seem to know, seem to be very put together in terms of self-assurance and drive to the next project. So for one thing, <laughs> yes, appearances are deceiving. We don't, we, we, you know, the, what you see of our output is, you know, the, you see the project. Right, so it's like you don't see the stuff in between the projects where we're trying to figure out what to do. So yeah, I mean, obviously we're presenting you, you, you know, you, you, you're presenting a certain uh, aspect of your personality or whatever when you're online. But uh, yeah, this is a tough question. Corey, how do you feel about it? I don't have an answer. Please tell me if you come up with an answer. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly weird, right? Because it's like, I think for a lot of people, what we do is like, you know, that's the dream, right? Like, I wish I could just wake up and play video games or, you know, make things for a living. But it's like, it's it's a really sort of interesting dealio uh, when it becomes your job, right? And Mm. like games and all that jazz, it's like you're playing it for a living and... um. You know, it, it kind of fundamentally changes how you look at like personal and relaxing time and stuff, right? Because like I'll have people be like, "Oh, what do you, you know? What do you do for fun?" And I'm like, "Oh, I I play Magic Gathering." And they're like, "No, no, no, that's what you do for a living." And I'm like, "I mean, it's not binary, but like also, yeah, you're not wrong, right? It's like it's there, there there's certainly that fun aspect of it, right? But then 
there's so much stuff that you see you don't see like behind the scenes and whatnot when it comes to like putting things together um and uh you know like arguments or or any of those kinds of things like we're, we're all like really good friends and stuff like that but we also butt heads from time to time and stuff like that so um but like when i'm feeling sort of directionless and stuff i try to do like some sort of like shift um because at least if it doesn't if it do, even if it doesn't work you you've given a try to like see you know because a lot of the times when i feel directionless i'm like man wouldn't it be nice if i could wake up at 7 a.m every morning and dig holes in a 16 by 16 chunk downwards every morning and just listen to records every day that sounds like it'd be a really really good time um but and then you do it and you're like ah this doesn't really work for me at least now you know right and now you can try something else and do something different <laughs> not everybody can be james <laughs> not everybody it's... man i wish though some I, I think about it all the it's like when i'm staring at the steam page and i'm like i have no idea what i want to play at all for this stream <laughs> i'm just like man it must be so nice to just like wake up and be like hell yeah i'm doing this and like be into it it's like i wish i could play magic every day for stream but i just i'd get bored of it you know there's an interesting aspect of like you know, as you're going along in your career or whatever, uh, there's a certain point where you've sort of making like I you, know, you sort of make the at least for me anyway, sort of deciding that like you know, pursuit of maximum amount of money, you know, is not necessarily that's not what I'm going to mm -hmm. be trying to do in my life or whatever. And 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 money is often the way we kind of evaluate success in the modern world. And so when you get to the point where you're like, no, I don't think, like, I think I'm happy being, like, comfortably, you know, having a comfortable amount of money, but, like, I don't feel the need to be ridiculous. Then, then it's becoming like, okay, so then what am I actually going to use? to evaluate like whether I'm successful or, or what, you know, what, if I'm, if I'm saying I'm not going to be doing that, then it's like, so what am I actually going to use to, uh, try to guide my direction or whatever. And that can be kind of confusing, right? Sometimes it's like, you know, whether you're obviously the, like, whether you're enjoying yourself or whether you're, uh, uh, doing something that you feel like is productive in, I guess the world <laughs> in, yeah. in in your life, whether you feel like you're doing something, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tough one. Um, and we all, I think, uh, uh, struggle with it on, on many occasions, you know, especially like if you're, when you're just like finishing a project or something, right. And you're like, now, you know, I was focused on this one thing for so long and then it's like, okay, so now what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> The yeah. sequel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think just like trying different things and whatnot can really, really help. My brother, uh, my younger brother has been to post-secondary uh, for different things about five times now. Oh, interesting. Like first he, yeah, first he wanted to be a teacher, uh, and then he wanted to be an EMT, uh, and then he wanted to be a firefighter. And then now, now he's he found uh, that he enjoys doing um, uh, law enforcement and stuff like that. Like that's been kind of his jam um and maybe that'll change i don't know he's 25 so it's like <laughs> you're 26 now i guess uh and can do kind of all sorts of things um so I, and i find that really interesting because it's like it's not like it's sort of wasted 
time, right? Like a, a yeah. law enforcement person that has, you know, that, that has EMT and firefighting training as well. Yeah. That's, that's like even better, right? That's yeah. It's, it's it, never wasted time. Cause like I didn't finish my post-secondary. I dropped out, but uh, yeah. And uh, it was just like the, I did learn things there. Right. And, and doing that was what got me into working backstage and stuff like that and being sort of involved in in like uh, theater productions and stuff gave me that sort of mentality. So I started doing improv comedy with a bunch of cool people. And then I move out, moved out here. And it's just, yeah, it's like this weird sort of progression, right? So I think every step is really important. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, let's see. More questions from Joe Mitchell. Uh, let's see here. Says uh, for Paul, what are the things that have changed the most since Lur began? Or if that's too simple to answer, what are the things you're most proud of outside Lur? I mean, it's not obviously the thing that's changed the most is people, right? You know, Learning Ray Run was started with just Graham and I, uh, you know, hanging out and doing silly things, uh, and now it's a whole, you know, uh, a whole corporation, I guess. Uh, and we have all sorts of people and that's, you know, has all sorts of, it, that totally changes the dynamic in a really neat way, right? You, you have all sorts of projects that you wouldn't even think about being able to do when there's just a couple people. And obviously when we first did it, it was, it was a hobby. It was just like a thing that we were doing for fun. And now it's, it's been, you know, a full-time job for not only us, but then you get to actually hire other people and pay them and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that's, it's just an entirely different thing. <laughs> mm. Um, so, I mean, that's, I mean, I guess that is the part that's changed the most. Um, and I mean, it's the most proud of, obviously it's I, the, the easy answer is desert bus. Of course, that's, I don't know how far that is outside of lure, but it really, it is basically these days, like the, the obviously there's the Venn diagram has a lot of overlap, but it really is uh, uh, a separate thing, and it, it's uh, obviously something very proud of that been able to sort of foster along. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's a big thing. It's definitely one of like the the things when I talk about it to people is like. They're like, sorry, you've raised how much money over the years? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, it's it's pretty wild. And they're like, and you do what? And it's like, all right, hold on, let me explain the whole thing. But yeah, it's 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 wild. It's like, super super wild. How does that work? I don't understand it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's like it's neat. Like I've had people reach out to uh, to be like recently and be like, hey, uh, we were thinking about doing putting together like a charity stream uh in november was it be something that you're interested in and i'm like actually i'm involved with this thing called desert bus and they're like oh you're in that oh okay don't don't even worry about it <laughs> my like, november's yeah, a little full if you're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh and uh here's another question from joe mitchell uh for Corey, saying uh all my siblings are creative in some way and I feel like I'm not, at least the not to the same level, acting, writing, making art. How much do you think that creativity exists outside of those sorts of media? And what are some ways to get that feeling of being creative without necessarily doing something within the typical creative arts wheelhouse? 
like I get that feeling (laughs) where it's just like all my siblings know piano and I can't read sheet music Mm. like I feel that big time uh but uh start by saying creativity is basically synonymous with problem solving so any sort of thing kind of applies like uh outside the typical wheelhouse let's say speed running right like we can we can all agree that that's creative yeah yeah some of the the solutions people come with are certainly creative but it kind of it depends on like the skill set you've built what kind of things you're feeling competent or comfortable doing like you could go out into the woods and stack rocks and that's technically creative (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. you don't you don't necessarily need an audience uh you don't necessarily need to produce something commercially viable. <laughs> in, in fact, many people would say that that makes it less creative. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that, but <laughs> oh, oh, that, yeah, 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 sellouts, yeah, <laughs> rock stacking sellouts. <laughs> You used to be about the rocks, man. <laughs> but it's like, you know, too, though, if you started, like, filming it and putting your rock stacking on YouTube, there's a niche for that. <laughs> oh, for sure. There's, like, al- there's like already... A- yeah. I definitely... I'm sure there's already a lot of, like very popular rock stacking channels on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, so you now you've got a... Now you've found your market. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I would just say, like... uh don't really put so much pressure on yourself <laughs> and think outside the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think yeah. The, 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 like, you know, the create part of creative, you know, trying to sort of bring something in something in some form into the world, I think is kind of a fun thing. Um, but yeah, there's, there's all sorts of ways that you can express yourself in that way. Yeah. I'd even say like, being destructive is also a form of creativity. So if you want to go blow stuff up, go do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Demolish houses. It, yeah. Again, uh, probably something that's very popular on YouTube. House, cre- house dem- demolition. Creative house demolition I would probably actually watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's basically the house flipping video game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then final question from Joe Mitchell, uh, for Ben, uh, I've recently been to a couple of concerts as safely as possible in circumstances. Uh, and I feel like something's really been, it's something I've really been missing during the pandemic. Do you have a favorite concert film stage or play experience to recount or something of that nature you'd love to see in the future? Oh, yeah. I mean, I used to go to uh, a lot of shows and, and play a lot of shows uh, my, many eons ago. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's a really cool experience, especially if you're in a uh, group, of, if you're in a crowd that's like a good crowd, because there's good crowds and bad crowds. And um, it's, it's sometimes hard to identify. Um, I definitely miss uh, like having the body strength to be in mosh pits and stuff uh, i can't anymore everything hurts all the time i don't want to bump up against people that sucks but i used to love it uh but my one of my favorite 
concert going experiences was I went and saw Caravan Palace live when they were playing oh. in Edmonton. Uh, and uh, they were playing in this sort of old building called the Pawn Shop, uh, which is on uh, the second floor of a building. Um, and it's it's very dancey music. It's very like hop up and down and, and, and have fun. Um, and my buddy and I were there and we were jumping up and down and there were so many people all jumping up and down in the same like sort of beat that you could literally feel the floor bending a little bit with every <laughs> single jump. Like it was, I was like, I looked at my friend, I'm like, do you feel that? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> I, Worth noting, pawn shop is gone now. <laughs> Does not exist anymore. <laughs> when you were talking about like mosh pits and building on the second second floor i was like oh <laughs> yeah yeah so it didn't it didn't collapse or anything but we both we were having so much fun that we just sort of looked at each other and we we're just like if we die right now that's a pretty cool way to go like <laughs> you're just like you know like hundreds dead at the the caravan palace concert too much jumping um hundreds but, uh, die in awesome cave-in <laughs> <laughs> band kept playing <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was, that was really, really fun. I'd say one other one, I mean, it's not really like one that was like, like necessarily, it was fun. Uh, but it's just cool. My first concert that I ever went to as a kid, my dad took me to go see Captain Tractor it, Ooh, when they were playing nice. in Edmonton. Yeah. At like a big band shell. It was my first ever show. Uh, and it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. It was just like, you know, sitting on the grass and very much like, you know, kind of, I don't think it was like a folk festival. It was in, um. Uh, Horlack Park, oh. um, and uh, yeah, it, I don't know if it was for a thing. Or... Was it just them by themselves? Like it was. I think they. I think they were thing? just like they had a slot mm. uh, for some festival, and yeah, they came in and you know they played all their their song last Saskatchewan Pirate and all that kind of jazz, and it was fun. It was a really it's it's it was a cool first sort of concert going experience, and then and then it got to the point where I started working on them after I was done school and stuff. So like I would put together I, I would I would be on the crew for like um U2 or Beyonce or I did one for Lamb of God where I traveled uh with them a little uh, just like to another city to go work with them and stuff and it was cool it was really 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 neat um but it's tough work like shout out to stage crews and stuff like that because like I remember the U2 show the teardown for it was huge uh it was in the uh, the football stadium Corey uh, uh yeah and uh it was pouring rain and there's no roof there so i was on the carpentry crew pulling out boards and stuff underneath the stage and it was oh. wet dirty work so no. shout out to them <laughs> so you were you were doing the like uh the setup and the strike for yes also wow yeah sometime it, you, you basically yeah it was either through a union like a yahtzee or uh I, I worked with a company called All Star that did uh, shows in town and stuff like that. If it wasn't like a, an IATSE union gig, because yeah, they got, you got to put 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 up and take down that stuff so so quickly as they're like, I guess the, the you know the the band is traveling across the country or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, a lot of stuff a lot of the times is built to strike. You know, you right. built to go up for a day and then and get tear down. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a. A different story every time i wish it was like it, it stages are not like a homogenous sort of <laughs> entity so all right uh here is a question from uh per chippy 
The... There's a theme to these. <laughs> Normally, Paul uh, doesn't give the impression that he reacts strongly, emotionally speaking, to something. Uh, I want to know if that's what are some things Paul would react strongly to that now do media comedy related. Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, I try to keep a even keel about stuff. I find that it doesn't, um, it usually doesn't help to <laughs> get stuff. And I, I pride myself on the, on being able to kind of under uh, trying to sort of understand where other people are coming from, even though, even if I don't agree with it. Um, but I mean, to get, you know, serious for a sec, uh, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a, a, uh, uh, white cis, uh, heterosexual guy. Uh, so there's a lot of really important, you know, issues in the world, uh, that, uh, I don't, my opinion is not necessary to be, uh, <laughs> involved in. Um, but something that I do feel like I have, uh, a, a perspective on is, um, uh, mental illness and stuff. You know, I, I, uh, I work, struggle with, uh, uh, anxiety and depression and control it with quite, uh, uh, strong medication that seems to be working re relatively well right now. So that's great. Uh, and that's and it's something that, you know, my, my dad has manic depression and it's something that I've, I've sort of been, um, at least kind of peripherally involved in the, in the mental health community in Victoria for a long time. And so that's something that I do find that, you know, that I do feel strongly about. And, you know, I, I, I try to, uh, support that whenever I can. Um, and so I, w I mean, that's probably the thing that, you know, uh, uh, people struggling with, with, um, uh, mental health issues is something that I, I have the most, um, I guess, strong reactions to, uh, just because it's it's something that uh, I have I I can directly uh, speak to, as opposed to things that um, I I uh, you know am certainly uh, certainly have a lot of empathy for people who are struggling in all sorts of different ways, but it's obviously not something that. I have personally experienced, so it's a slightly different uh, feeling. But for me, anyway, that's that's my that sort of tends to be my my thing that I, I care about the most. So mm -hmm. you do you do kind of uh, go off on a big giggle fit about small silly things. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Every once in a while, like I usually, I'm not like a I don't. I often don't like laugh a lot out loud, nope. mm -hmm. but then every once in a while, something will just like catch me off guard and I just can't control myself laughing about something. Yeah, I've definitely had yeah. heard those moments like during like AFK and stuff like that and look over <laughs> to see you like cracking up at the board and stuff. Uh, I remember one, one time we were, we were talking about, I think we, there was something we were talking about like the Highland games and I had this, we're talking about like the caber toss. Yeah. And I had this vision of a guy with uh, bringing like his caber 
in a box, like <laughs> like, like you would bring like a, a pool cue, like in two parts, yeah. and then like, screwing right. it together. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard for so long. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's it's weird. You know, I can never you can never really predict what's gonna what's gonna tickle you the right way, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, 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 ooh, here's a question from Jess K. Uh, if you could go anywhere in the world, no schedule constraints or travel costs for a video or a stream, uh, where would you go and what would you do there? Uh, Japan, eat all the food. <laughs> like on, that would be like the stream is like, I'm going to yeah, eat sure. all the food in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just gonna go to Yoshinoya and load up a beef bowl with, with a raw egg in it. Eat it on camera. Uh, honestly, I've never been to Europe. Yeah. I would like to go to Europe. I would like to go to like Prague and just tour it all around. Like, there's so much good art <laughs> and architecture in Europe. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I just, I have don't no access to being being across an ocean from it what you, what you do for the stream is you like set it up set up like a backdrop that looks like your house right and then you're like hey i'm here you know streaming bloody what streaming whatever oh wait no and then like zoom out and it's you're in you know Prague or in, in you know right in front of big ben or something you're just like mm -hmm. yeah no i'd probably look like those the irl streamers i saw at the first twitch con that had like a stick with like a t-bar and three phones taped to them <laughs> oh, the, like, so that they could like irl stream so mm -hmm. there's a camera facing forward there's a camera they can monitor twitch chat on and then there's another another phone so that they can control the the, the stream output were they wearing like those backpacks too with like the uh, very few of them were okay that is the, intense uh, yeah gear gunner ones the yeah yeah i want I one mean, of those I imagine it's very it, like that's that's their like you know that's their go xlr and their you know they're like what we would have at like a home sort of stream setup like that's that's what they invest into which kind of makes sense mm -hmm. but, yeah and for me i would love to i i loved road quest so much and if we could do it in some sort of international capacity i think that'd be really really cool um there was also just like i remember there was a period of time where obviously i think like quarantine happened and all these sorts of things but we i remember we did pose the idea of like lure doing like a month in japan and stuff like that yeah. and it's just like for people that were you know knowledgeable about it it was really cool for people like you know like me and adam who were like we always wanted to go there we wouldn't know what we're doing kind of a thing it, it sounded really really appealing and stuff so like yeah like lure does x you know country or whatever i think would be really really neat and yeah i could go i could go anywhere I, and and stuff but i also th oh you know i think it might have also been near the time where uh logan paul basically screwed up like yeah it was. international video making and stuff and I we mean, were just like yeah. okay maybe not that <laughs> so it's yeah like, it, thanks to logan paul nobody can travel and stream ever again Thanks. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, it's certainly <laughs> heightened my, like, I already feel, like, kind of weird when I'm doing, like, in public recording and stuff like that. Like, it's it's that weird hurdle I haven't gotten over yet. 
um like uh, sh like shout out to graham for like doing so many vlogs and stuff because it's like it's tough to have that level mm. um but uh yeah it was certainly heightened when that stuff was going on i'm like wow now i extra don't want to be talking to a thing in public like i mean but, especially but yeah especially in japan but yeah yeah but definitely i think it we're, we're probably like past that at this point but i think so yeah uh all right we got uh question here from uh dream writer 4242 what is your favorite piece of hardware or software that you use for lure mm. Mm. probably this one i really <laughs> like the go xlr and all the funny voices that i could do with it <laughs> <laughs> well, now you now that you, like over the pandemic you got one at home I did. Yeah. So now, now you'll be out now when you're at the office, you're like, Oh, I have all these capabilities. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I never, yeah. really I've seen around. some let's nope. <laughs> yeah, I've never really mucked around with it at the office until I got one at home and I felt like, like I knew what was going on with it and stuff. But it was so funny because the first stream that I got it, uh, I think it was for amnesia Two streaming from home. Uh, and I was like doing the voice changes and stuff. And James was tuning in. He's and James that had one for, I think months at this point and he was just like yeah you're only going to use that for like the first couple of weeks like it's no one no one uses the voice changing thing and it's like you know a year later so <laughs> and i'm like oh really <laughs> so you're just doing it out of spite yeah. oh yeah i yeah. got here now <laughs> gotta prove james wrong yeah yeah uh i mean in terms of i I mean, in the by the same token, the uh, the stream deck I find super handy, super neat. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know if it's like essential, but it is uh, super nice to have. Just as a, uh, I use especially with the home home setup uh, because you know I've got less space and I'm you know tend to be managing a ton of different stuff going on at once. Um, that aspect, uh, uh, and definitely in terms of hardware, uh, and then in terms of software, I mean, obviously, XSplit and OBS, uh, that kind of stuff. And uh, I mean, to be honest, with the with the uh, with the pandemic, um, the wonderful Video Ninja software, which is more, you know more website thing that. Uh, was developed over the course of the pandemic by a guy named Steve, hey, uh, thanks, Steve. that basically brought like almost everybody who streams quality of stream up like massively. Like, I feel like that guy has done more for uh, the quality of pandemic streaming than like any corporation. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't think I have a favorite piece of hardware. I like shotgun mics. Those are always fun. That's fine. Uh, Software-wise, FFmpeg. Mm. Just convert video, diagnose problems with video. I use it to rip it's... audio tracks out of video. It's, or concatenate two videos. Oh. It does everything. I feel like FFmpeg is like the quintessential like Linux app, like Linux command line thing where it's like, you know, 
it's it's had can do so many different things. Uh, it's you have to you know mostly you spend a lot of time looking up how to do the different things, but once you figure it out uh, and do it, it's you know has all these all these wonderful capabilities, uh, and it's yes essential. And it's also like everything, all, all sorts of other things that don't that you use to do video stuff turns out are actually secretly FFmpeg, especially <laughs> handbrake. <laughs> uh, all right, last question, Ooh. serious question here. All right, controversial question for Putin <laughs> from Elzer ninety three Els. Elisir93. For Putin, thoughts on using tater tots as a substitute for fries? No. I don't know. Yeah. Yes. Ooh. Yes. All yeah. right. They're so short and they fall apart. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay with eating a cheesy gravy mess. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like uh, there there's a lot of, there's a lot of like food, food like purists and whatnot, who who feel like very strongly that it needs to be made a certain way, and I'm just like, I like potato, I like I like cheese curds, and I like it's, gravy. And if you do it in that combo, I'm I'm gonna enjoy it. You could do the shredded hash browns for like breakfast, you know, and I would still be into it. There's definitely uh, there's a pretty high, you know, low uh, the 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 low end of poutine is still pretty high, like. You yeah. can't you can't mess it up too bad. I mean, you can have really really good poutine, but mm -hmm. even not good poutine is still pretty good. That's how I feel about pizza too. I'm yeah. like, you can you can really screw up pizza, but it's always fine. It's <laughs> it uh, yeah. The fundamental ingredients of poutine, like you know, the gravy, cheese, fries, like you can't as long as they're all. You could just put them in a bucket. Which is actually often what they do, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you, I mean, there is very, very. There's also like you know, very good poutine. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, I, I, I think, I think fries is better. But if you got to go with tater tots, better than no poutine, I guess. So like, I feel like tater tots are a better vehicle for like sour cream and salsa. Or just ketchup or something like that. Like they're the the texturally they're not smooth like a French fry. Yeah, that's so fair. It, it very I, much changes. Like I'm okay with like a pierogi poutine. That's mm. fine. Yeah, I, feel, I do feel I do feel like tater tots won't interact with the gravy in the same way as no. as fries would. Yeah, they don't stay together in the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm just. I, I mean, I think maybe I might just be really weird that I'm just like I, the I, I, I'm. I'm definitely not picky about the the way that food <laughs> enters me as long as it's delicious. <laughs> you know, like it, it's it's if it gets from point A to point B, I'm 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 a okay because right. it's like I see a lot of people. I've seen a lot of our friends or a lot of people that visit for the PPR uh, post pictures of like food 
that they've gone to for in Victoria, you know, like they'll go to like Jones and they'll post like the barbecue and stuff there. Yeah. And you'll get people responding who are like from Texas and they're like, that's not, that looks like bad barbecue. You don't know real barbecue. Yeah, or like, it's really good. It is. It's great. And it's like you try, or any like kinds of things. And they're like, that's not a real poutine. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like, it says who? <laughs> it's, it's just food, man. You don't need, you don't need to feel so strongly about it. <laughs> I mean, I think it's it's, it, yeah. it's an expectations thing, right? Like, sure. if you if you go to a place you've never been to and order poutine, and it comes with, and you're like, "Yes, I'm going to get a poutine. It'll be great." And it's like tater tots and like shredded cheese. Sure. I'm, I'm going to be a little bummed. Sure, for sure, totally feel it, and I I definitely agree with Corey. Like, I if it in a perfect scenario, definitely go for fries, kind of yes. a thing. But if you're like, man, I'm jonesing for poutine. And all I've got is cheese curds, gravy, and tater tots. Then go for it, I think. All right. We have a difference of opinion, but that's okay. That's okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's why there's a pall between us. (laughs) We can't fight. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's the nice thing about doing this, you know, in the remote setup is that we can't actively punch each other during the event. <laughs> yeah, we got we have a lot of training seminars to go through once we get back in the office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the poutine discussions get pretty dangerous. Yeah, we're going to put the the no talking points like thing on the wall that's just like these are not allowed to be spoken about in the office. <laughs> yeah. Uh All right. Uh, that, that does it for this episode of Askler. Uh, thank you very much to Ben and Corey for joining me on this episode. Uh, and of course, thank you to all the, uh, people who asked the wonderful questions, um, the YouTube members. So if you want to ask some questions to us and you should, because, uh, yeah. we like, we like questions then uh, please uh, join up and be a YouTube member. Um, but if you don't want to do that, but you want to support us in other ways, of course, the Patreon, the uh, Twitch, buy stuff at the shop, shop.loadingbayrun.com, buy things like these water bottles, which are now in stock again. Ooh, they're good water bottles. Excellent water bottles. Uh, so thank everybody. thank you, everybody, for watching. And... We will talk to you later. Bye. Bye.